Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello and welcome to the Magic Week in Review, bringing you newsroom and culture reports from the front lines of the magic industry. I'm Justin Robert Young, editor of Hightricks.com, and in this January 7th, 2010 edition of the podcast, you will hear the inside story, the never-before-told tales from some of the biggest names in magic. Well, that's because we have the author of the new book, Magic's Most Amazing Stories, a collection of incredible stories from world-famous magicians, Yvonne Amode joins us, and it's uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a curveball. Because not really doing the news as much. It's kind of more of a long-form interview. But we always tell you we're bringing you the stories. Now we're bringing you, you know, some of the ones that, that are only told now in this new book. It's very, very cool. It's a fun time. But first, let's take care of some business. Of course, this podcast is sponsored by TrickShopMagic.com. Now, what I want to do right now is just tell you guys what you can buy right now at TrickShopMagic.com. Well, you can buy Mojo by John Kennedy, a miraculous vanishing of a hot coffee from a cup without drinking it, by the way. The Bendix Bombshell Wallet by Dave Bendix and Martin Brezzi. Uh, it is the classic Bendix Bombshell. For a limited time, get the DVD, the world's greatest card to wallet DVD, free when you purchase this Bendix Bombshell, baby. Come on. And the fourth key book test. Uh, it's a brand new book that's from Peter Nardi and Alexam Magic. And you know, I'll tell you what, you want to brush up on the classics, get some some old school in your life, 13 Steps to Mentalism by Corinda. You know, it's not exactly new, but no student of magic should be without this book in their collection. It definitely deserves your attention. You can get all of this, the classics, the hot new releases, everything. TrickShopMagic.com is where you got to be. Take care of Sam Blankenship because he takes care of us here on this podcast. He helps bring you this entertainment. So head on over there, TrickShopMagic.com. The brick-and-mortar experience on the internet, one click at a time. And you know what? Tell them I tricks sent you. But without any further ado, Ivan Imode. All right. Now, uh, Yvonne, before we even get into the book, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you came to write it. Well, I've been doing magic for about, you know, 30, 35 years since I was a little boy. Professionally, uh, been doing magic professionally for forever. Just finished a whole week at the Magic Castle and do about 200 shows a year for corporate and clubs and private, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, over my years of sitting around doing magic with all these uh, guys sitting around us, we always just seemed to tell stories right after our set. So one night I decided, you know, I got I to gotta write these down. I got to document these. And I did. I not only documented the ones that I was listening to, but also went out and did some research and took a couple of uh, years to uh, assemble and then put them into a great new book, which, uh, which uh, you're holding right now. Uh, yes, yes, at, le- at least metaphorically. I haven't got a physical copy yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm very, very excited to, uh, to to dig into it. Now, obviously, magic is sort of a very tight and, and close fraternity. I mean, everybody kind of knows everybody. <laughs> there really isn't a name that you can say that people, uh, you know, aren't at least on some level familiar with. Right. Was there any worry, you know, getting all these things done? down on on paper that you might be stepping on toes or is it just kind of a a compendium of everybody's memories 
No, actually, I mean, I, I went ahead and did it in a few ways, you know, with the innovation of the Internet, uh, Facebook. <clears throat> there were guys I could contact on Facebook, of course, emails, and then, of course, phone calls. And I also even went to lunch and dinner with a couple of people to uh, sit down. All of them, I told them exactly what was going on, exactly what I wanted to do, and uh, there were some stories they didn't want published. <clears throat> excuse me, and some stories they did want published. So when they gave me the story, they knew that that was the story that was going to be published, and they were totally okay with it. So um, I took the best of, uh, I probably got maybe two, 300 stories. I took the best of those stories and put them in the book, and we got about 110 stories from uh, everybody from Dana Daniels to Mac King, Jeff Hobson, Harry Blackstone, Tommy Cooper, Di Vernon, Larry Jennings, um, Cardini, old-timers like Slydini, Billy McComb, all the way to guys that are currently still around and, and, and you're probably friendly with. Well, that is that is very, very, very cool. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, just, just uh, in, in that kind of research, uh, you know, quest, you had to have heard – you know, uh, you know, some some really really cool stuff that maybe people yeah. just just didn't want to you know get out. How, how hard is that? As as an author, you know, you want to put in the best stuff in there because that's yeah. what's gonna sell the book. Uh, you know, what is that line to you between you know someone's like, well, I don't know, I kind of want that out, I, maybe I don't. I mean, do you right. really kind of push for it, or or do you just kind of <laughs> respect the line? I actually, I just didn't push for it. You know, if they told me a story and I thought it was really amazing, uh, it would go into the book. If they told me a story that they said, well, I'm going to tell you one on the side, uh, but I don't want it to go in the book, sometimes it was something that wasn't really that interesting as far as uh, a story. It was just something that happened to them. You're just like, wow, what happened there? Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Simon Lovell, yeah, Simon Lovell gave me a great story, but uh, there was uh, some details in, this, in, in another story <laughs> that he said you can't really release, but, you know, I was like, okay, great, I won't release it. I mean, you've got to be respectful to the gentleman who, or the, of the ladies that decided to give you the story, so I made sure that I was very respectful and stuck to the story that they wanted published. Not Jeez, with, 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 with Simon Lovell, Simon. I can only imagine the, the mad lib there of, of what he can't repeat. <laughs> Yeah, it's just amazing. There was some, but he has a few stories in the book, and and they're and they're great, and they really are great. Well, that is that is super super awesome. All right, well, I know what, what people want to hear are are, are some of the uh, some of the stories, maybe some some teasers. Obviously, we want people to go out and buy the yeah. book. Of course, it is Magic's most amazing stories, a collection of incredible stories from world famous uh, magicians <clears throat> by uh, right. uh, Ivan Amode. But but let, let's get some teasers. Yeah, give us a. Uh, okay. All right, well, you can get the book, first of all, at any of your local magic shops as well. And, of course, you can go to magicsmostamazingstories.com. But some of the great stories that are in the book, I mean, there's, a, like I said, over 100, 110 stories, ranging from hilarious bloopers to uh, technical problems to people's hair catching on fire to, to uh, almost being sued by lawyers because he did a trick for a guy. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, like, one from Dana Daniels. Dana yeah, contacted yeah. me. Yeah, Dana sent – you know, Dana has a parrot, Luigi, and he travels with Luigi. And uh, in order to uh, travel much more easily than having to worry about all the paperwork, he just – when he was about to go through security and get on a plane in the ticket line, he puts Luigi on his back belt hanging right around his butt area. And he puts clothes over him. And he puts clothes over him, and he just simply walks through the ticket line, walks through security, 
nothing goes on. Now, wait, this is this is pre or, or post 9-11? This is now. Now? <laughs> yeah, this is now. And so he travels just like that. And then when he gets past security and all that sort of stuff, he basically puts Luigi back into his little travel-on carrying case and then brings him on a plane with him. Well, this one time he was coming back from Ohio, and it was so cold that he didn't think when he got out of the cab that it would be wise to put Luigi on his back belt because he had so many layers of clothing on, including this big trench coat. So he decided, yeah, maybe that's not a good place for him because he might suffocate. Let's put him in a pocket. So he put him in this trench coat pocket, which had deep pockets. And he went ahead and did his line thing, and he got to the ticket line agent, and the ticket line agent says to him, um, so you want to just check your bag? And he goes, yes, sir. And he goes, would you like to check the parrot, too? Huh? So he's, like, thinking, how does he know that I have a parrot? Maybe he saw me at the show, or he just happened to recognize me from, uh, from, from last night. Well, he just tried to blow it off, and he goes, what parrot? And the ticket agent goes, the one that's on your shoulder. Ah. <laughs> he didn't realize that Luigi climbed out of his pocket and sat on his shoulder throughout the entire 20 minutes he was in line. <laughs> <laughs> so he just goes, oh, man, this guy's never going to let me on a plane now. I don't have the paperwork and all that sort of stuff. So he just goes, oh, 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 him. Oh, he's just here to see me off. And the guy just started cracking up and laughing and laughing, and he just gave him his ticket and let him go through the line. And actually, nothing ever happened. So that's just a really funny story of a crazy thing that happened to Dana. I have one about Matt King. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah let, me, let me ask you, before, before we get into the, the Matt King story, uh, obviously this is a book that will appeal to magicians, although certainly yeah. not, not exclusively. Um, right. How much, as an author, when you're going you know, through the, uh, you know, the, the, the research phase, yeah. uh, do you want to be mindful of, of methods and stuff? Because obviously that's the kind of inside sauce that uh, magicians right. will kind of eat up because they've all been in those sort of situations, but you do want right. to make it, you know, layman friendly, even beyond any kind of exposure level. I mean, a layman might not know, you know, exactly right. the ins and outs of how a certain gaff or, you know, gimmick works that uh, is going to be hilarious to say a magician. Exactly. Crowd. Yeah, well, what I did was when we got the stories, sometimes the guys wrote them right off the top of their heads and really didn't go back in to think about, you know, all the technical aspects of it. But when I got the story and I thought, hey, this is a great story, I went through the story and tried to make it layman friendly. So if I needed to explain a gimmick or take the name of the gimmick and just break it down to, you know, very simple terms without making the story completely obsolete. In other words, if you took the gimmick out, does the story completely disappear? Yeah. So we really made it, I tried to really make it very friendly for everybody to read. Like, for instance, the Dana Dana story that I just told, even if you weren't a magician, you could completely understand it and, 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 and laugh with it, as well as the Matt King story or some of the other stories. So we tried to make it layman-friendly, the entire book. Including yeah. some of the gambling stories that were submitted to me by like R. Paul Wilson, where you you hear him in a, in a private poker game cheating, yeah, top level poker players, and he's making and he's doing he's busting moves. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're just like in that story with him, going, "Are you nuts, dude? Are you crazy? You could get taken out to the back and killed." But you know, <laughs> you really want to make sure that you understand what he's doing. Not the technical terms like mucks 
and switches, but down to the wire where you can understand what he's about to do and how much nerve it takes to do it. I, you, you almost feel like like you should have like two versions of of the book, like uh, like uh, a, like uh, like, a, like a like the British and American version of the Harry yeah. Potter series, like you know. Uh, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> you just replace certain words or whatever. But yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. No, we did. We we you know we took out some stuff. You know, there's a story about there's a story about Tom Burgoon, and when he was doing magic at a club after he finished for I believe it was like Anheuser Busch party at a club. And um, and I'll and I'll tell you the story, and then I'll tell you what happens with the with the gimmick. Okay. Well, he's sitting there at the club doing the store, uh, doing the doing uh, some magic for some guests after his main show, and they all just sat around a corner, and he's just doing magic, card trick, card trick, card trick. He decided to change pace and do some magic where he vanishes salt. And, of course, we all know what the, the, the gimmick is. He was using a yeah, thumb tip. Yeah. Well, this guy was sitting directly across from him at a table, as well as people standing around him, as well as two women who were sitting directly to his right and one to his left. Well, this guy directly in front of him was burning his hands, and he knew that he was looking for something such as a gimmick in his hand. Tom decided to ditch the thumb tip into his lap. So now the guy across from him doesn't see anything anymore. And he's basically like, Ugh, I can't, I don't know how he's doing this magic. But the lady to his left has this most shocking look on her face. <laughs> and he's like, what, what is going on with her? And he just basically follows her eyeballs to where she's staring at. And she's staring directly into his lap. Well, when, she look, when he looks into his lap, he understands completely why she's in total shock. Because the thumb tip fell into his lap in the most perfect position, standing upright. It appeared to her that he was exposed. Ah! <laughs> so she thinks he's really exposed. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he ends the story like, I was just as shocked as she was, but not because she found out my trick. It was because I wasn't using a king size thumb tip. No. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> that is, that is uh, what we like to refer to as a nubbin situation. Yeah. So, <laughs> funny, funny story, but I don't really reveal the thumb tip in such a way in the book that it makes it seem like everybody would understand now, anybody ever using a thumb tip from future on, yeah. or from now on, to the, that they would go, oh, he's using a thumb tip. I described it in such a way that you would understand what it looks like, because even if I described a thumb tip to a layman, or just said he was using a thumb tip, they wouldn't know. You know, it, it, it seems like a, a bit of an odd zone, though. Like, if you are a layman, <laughs> and, you, and you're so interested in magic that you buy your book, and yeah. you read it, and you're you're really interested in kind of this backstage world of right. of magic. You know, I know it's not a universally agreed upon opinion, but I kind of figure, you know what? It, let them know what a thumb tip is. You know, right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because either yeah, a they know, really or b you know, it's not going to ruin the art for them because they're so interested in it. Right, and a thumb tip can be used in a thousand different ways, and so that was just one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so if it's being used for any other things like switches and stuff like that, laymen are never even ever gonna suspect it. I don't think it was any moment where it put anybody out of business. So there were there were times where you know once again, like a good second deal, even if you saw it done or were told this is what it is, 
and then you saw somebody doing it flawlessly, you're never going to know it anyway. All right. Now, in, in every book like like yours, which is yeah. you know a collection of stories, there was always the one story that everybody will tell each other. You know, it's like, oh, did you get that new book? Oh, you got to read it for just for the blank story alone. You yeah. got to read it. What is that story for you? I think it's probably the opener with uh, for, from Rich Murata. Uh, Rich was performing. A, he was early in his career, probably at the very beginning of his career, and he was going to this huge theater, three thousand people, <clears throat> and the only thing that he had in his act he felt was worthy of of applause <laughs> was was his closer, which was a bird production, okay. and it was a it was a good per, bird production, but. He gets to the theater, and he notices immediately that it's very, very hot in the theater. Very, very hot. And when he got there, the stage manager approached him and said, Hey, we had a magician here last night, and he had birds with him too. And one of his birds flew away. We can't find it. And he wound up leaving without the bird. So Rich is thinking to himself, Yeah, I would imagine if I was a bird, I'd get the heck out of here too. It's really, really hot. So... He goes backstage and he prepares a show, and then he had some last-minute preparation to do before he hit the stage, right behind the curtain. And one of those was to actually load his bird into the, into the holder, into his jacket. And he wanted to do that last moment because he didn't want the bird to, to overheat. So he loads the bird as he believes he's about to be introduced. And the MC just goes on and on and starts telling all these other jokes about other <laughs> things. And he's like going, oh, my God, I better unload my bird because he's going to just die from the heat. So he takes the bird out. Then when he hears that the MC is about to introduce him again and starts talking about guys from New York City, he loads the bird into his jacket one more time. And then the MC goes off for 10 minutes talking about New York jokes. Oh, my so God. So he unloads him again. So now he's like thinking, what am I going to be introduced? What am I going to be introduced? So finally, he hears, and ladies and gentlemen, the gentleman we're about to introduce, he sticks him back in his jacket pocket, but he kind of goes off on a tangent again, but he thinks, ah, oh, you know what? I, I can't do this to this bird. I'll just wait it out. And he feels sweat running down his back, and the bird's wiggling, and he's called it in the book. He's calling, he's doing the dead. It's now or dead bird wiggle. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So he's thinking to himself, man, oh, come on, intro me, intro me. So just as he intros him, Rich thinks to himself, you know, I don't think I can do this to this poor bird anymore. I got I to I gotta produce him now. Yeah. Instead of at the end. Yeah. So he comes out and he does his closer at the very beginning, and he does it at the opener. Yeah. And the crowd loves it, but the bird takes off. The bird's like, I had enough. I'm out. Yeah, the bird's like, dude, I'm out of here. And he takes off. And he starts flying up toward the rafters, toward the bright spotlight, as birds normally do. They fly right toward the light. But Rich is looking at this bright spotlight, and to the right of that spotlight, he sees a little white dot. And he thinks to himself, oh, that's probably the bird from last night. Okay. So as his bird is flying toward that bright spotlight, he reaches close to the other bird and he sees him and it spooks him. So it immediately turns around and starts flying down back toward Rich. Yeah. And the, yeah. And the other bird 
freaks out when he sees a bird coming at him and then starts following that other bird toward Rich. Yeah. Well, Rich needs two birds flying at him, so he puts his right hand out, and his bird lands on his right finger. He puts his left hand out, <laughs> and the other bird laughs, lands on his left finger, and 2,000 people freak out and give him a standing ovation. <laughs> They're freaking out. They're like, okay, wait a minute. This guy produces a bird not even two seconds after he arrives on stage. It flies off. In midair, it's split into two. Yes. And then it fly, they turn around, fly back toward him, and they both land on his fingers. They're freaking out over this effect. Man, talk, talk about a double-edged sword, though, because number one, that's incredible. Everybody's on their feet. They're going, right. they're going, right. uh, you know, ape, ape nuts, right? But right. then on the other side, like, is there ever a more awkward time to follow it up with, like, so you guys want to see a card trick? <laughs> right. So exactly what happens is he says, he goes, the last nine minutes of my show ended to mild applause. <laughs> he goes, how do you end your show when the best thing in your show was the first thing you did? And, and it ended to mild applause. And the funny thing was when he ended his show, the stage manager came up to him and said, hey, kid, you know that bit where you throw the bird out into the air, audience, and it splits into two? Keep that in the act. Everything else you could throw out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You don't say. Thanks, thanks for the tip, Pops. Yeah. So it turned – it's just a really funny story with an unbelievable uh, – it couldn't happen again circumstance. There we go. All right. Yeah, my, one of my, my favorite. My guest is uh, Ivan Amode. Uh, Ivan Amode. Amode. His yeah, book Yvonne, is yeah. uh, Magic's Most Amazing Stories, a collection of incredible stories from world-famous magicians. You can get it at magicsmostamazingstories.com. And you said it's going to be all uh, over the magic shops, right? You can get it at any online magic shop as well. Um, and, of course, the website. You go to any of your favorite magic stores or go to any of your favorite ma online magic shops. And you can get the book right now. It's going to be a great read. Over 100, 110 stories, fully illustrated, full color. And a lot of little, uh, what I also put in there were a lot of little inside stories and great quick facts about magicians of the past that you may not know. Magicians uh, such as Houdini and Billy McComb, all kinds of guys, little facts about them that nobody's ever heard of either. Well, there we go. I'll tell you what. I think it is. Uh, I'm very, very excited to get my hands on it and uh, read it. And um, did you have any well, other? Sure you get a cup. Yeah, I, I can't. I cannot wait to dig into yeah. it. Um, is I mean, do you have any other uh, you know online presence for you as a magician that that you want to get out there or? Yeah, any website, you can go to. If you, you can also buy it on my website, IvanAmoday.com, and it's there's a, a redirect from MagicsMostAmazing.com to my website. But my website's my name, I V A N. A-M-O-D-E-I.com. You can get the book through there. You can go to my website, check me out and what I'm, where I am and all that sort of good stuff as well. And you guys are all going to really enjoy the book. There's nothing else like that ever been published. It's just a great read and fun to look through. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Yvonne, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to read it. And I'll tell you, we got to have you on uh, on the podcast. You know, this is this is a bit of a different format for us. Normally we do the, the week's worth of stories, but I figured sure. since uh, you have a much better collection of stories, we would just do yeah, kind of a straight-up interview with you, but we got to have you back on sometime to kind of do the news. You got it. I would love it. Thank you so much, Justin. All right. Thank you very, very much.
And that about wraps it up for this episode of the Magic Week in Review. Again, I want to thank Ivana Mode. Hit him up on uh, the internet. Make sure you pick up his book because uh, it sounds pretty awesome. And also, I want to thank TrickshotMagic.com. Of course, they're the ones who sponsor the podcast, and therefore, you should sponsor them. But until next week, I am Justin Robert Young. Justin R. Young on Twitter. Bang a gong. iTricks.com